when you get there to think, do I belong here? What am I doing here? More now. Totally out of my own. But you quickly learn that when you start to have conversations with people, that you've got something in common. I wanted to make sure there's still a picture, so all the trails. I like the idea of taking that first step. I have this idea that the kids these days need to do X, you know, or this uh, one kid in my class can't do X, and I'm going to make a whole course to make sure it's easy. Uh, whether you're taking this Welcome to EdTrex Rewind. Welcome back to another episode of the EdTrex Podcast. I'm Quinn Henderson. I'm Matt Winters. And it's good to be back again. I almost said that with a question mark. I'm that one. Mm, is there something there? Are you sure you are who you say you are? I don't know. Maybe it's a Ron Burgundy, Ron Burgundy moment there for a second. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm Ron, Ron Burgundy. Burgundy? Uh-huh. Okay. Um, <laughs> we all have those moments. It's okay. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Good. How about yourself? Good. I have been spending the last couple of months trying to understand the world of virtual reality in the schools. Okay. It's crazy, huh? Yeah, and you get it all figured out in a couple months? Is that no, just... no. So what, what, uh, what, let's back up. What first prompted you to start exploring the virtual reality world in education? Um, I'll be honest, it's kind of selfish. Mm-hmm. I wanted to experience it. Right. And I think that's a, 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 honestly a good place to start sometimes in education is like if you're excited about what you're doing then the kids will be excited about what you're doing to some degree. I wouldn't even define it as selfish. I yeah. think it's a curiosity. Yeah. Right? And and we talk about curiosity all the time. Sure. So you're curious about VR, its role in education. Yeah. Its possibilities. And in a way, I guess if you're talking a lot of times technology and curiosity, students could potentially be really curious and engaged by that. Yeah. And I will say they definitely have to fill that side. So... Um, I started researching and, you know, there's lots of different levels of VR. Mm-hmm. We have the uh, like Google cardboard, which is, you know, pretty simple. Drop your device in and you're good to go. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have the high heavy duty stuff like Oculus and HTC Vive and things like that. But those need computers, right? That's expensive, time consuming. You need usually top of the line computers, which are pretty much outlawed, not outlawed, but definitely mm, scarce. Yeah, well, in education, right? They're not. It's not a very economical solution to have these really high-performing computers all over the place. And so, luckily, um, Oculus has come out with these standalone devices. So they have the Go, which is pretty good, straightforward, two hundred bucks. It does a lot of good things in it. But then they recently released the Quest, and so I've started. I started writing grants in July, and. Over the course of the last three months, uh, I've got enough money together between my grants and my admin to buy classrooms of 30. See, it's incredible. Yeah. Um, so what I love about this is recently, earlier this year, just uh, shortly after the Quest was released, um, I satisfied my own curiosity yeah. and purchased the Quest. And I love it. So what's your what's your favorite app on there? Okay, well, I don't or know. Experience, that... experience. Let's so, experience. So I think there's a couple of different routes to go here because... Um, one of the first experiences I did was the National Geographic one, okay. right? So, and we love virtual reality. It's a, a completely immersive experience. And to be dropped in the Arctic in a kayak and paddling to take pictures of penguins, you know, yeah, I knew I wasn't there, but there was, you felt a part of that environment, which was really cool. And I immediately started to think about, wow, I, I have no idea 
I'm probably never going to have the opportunity to go to the Ar- Arctic. Um, and so this is probably as close as it gets. But that technology is only going to improve more, mm-hmm. right? So I'm like, man, this is, it, it, was, it was pretty amazing. You know, then we started to explore, just even uh, my family, you know, some of the other apps. And, you know, I'm, I, I'll, I'll make an, admit this right now. Um, working from home a lot when I need a break, I will throw that on and play around a Beat Saber. Get my energy <laughs> up, right? So if you if you come to my house and you look through the window, mid, middle of the day, you might catch me, you know, taking a break, playing some, some Beat Saber. But they're... Not only it doesn't immerse you in an environment, you can engage with the environment. It's not the traditional sit and play a game. And so then it lends itself to a whole level of things. And I start to think about, man, this could, this could really be a great tool to help develop critical thinking. If you're talking about training people, being able to put them in a situation before they're in the actual situation, um, you know, then we can get all into, uh, um, I forgot the book. Why did it? Ready Player One? No, no. Well, Ready Player One is yeah. a great example, right, of uh, maybe a futuristic uh, world that is definitely into virtual reality. But Ender's Game is what I was oh, thinking about, yeah, right? Yeah. Immerse you into this training experience that you can really prepare for that would help you prepare for something else. The simulations you could do. But hopefully it's not real like Ender's Game. Re- not really like yeah, Ender's yeah. Game, exactly, <laughs> right? Uh, not to spoil it, but... But I, I don't know. It's a completely immersive experience, and the applications and educations I think are unlimited. And here, I'm, I know I'm on, I'm on this, I'm on a roll right now. Yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. not only limited to students experiencing things and learning, but to students creating, mm-hmm. because students might have jobs that say, I need to design something for a virtual reality environment that's going to help this job. Maybe it's a medical profession. Maybe it's uh, entertainment of some kind. But, or maybe it's training in, in some other type of prop situation. But in a way, I really feel like it's going to be a part of their future. And you could say that with augmented reality as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do we give those students experiences now? And it seems like that's what you've got going and what you've started. Yeah, and I just want to take it back a step because I, I probably asked the question up front because I was really excited about the, the app. Or like the yeah, and then I went off. Yeah, no, no, it's good. You it's asked good. it too early. I opened but the whole door of things. I think the biggest question we have to face though is that when when we talk about Oculus particularly, because it's it is trying to make edgeways into being a school based product. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it genuinely is. I mean, we've been to. Facebook groups and mm-hmm. seminars and conferences and things like that, where it's like the Oculus is going to be the next big thing for education, and so they're they're planning that. But there is this uh, kind of pushback against VR and AR in particular, where it's it's kind of what the I, I think the sister problem is um, esports, right? That it's just this thing that kids like to do because they like to do it. It's not that they actually have something educational only a value in there and so i think when we when we start the conversation with ar vr we really have to start tackling how do we talk to the naysayers Mm -hmm. about those things and being with it and for me i'm going to answer that right off the bat it's put the put the put the kid the child into the experience that you want them to have and watch them have it Mm-hmm. Because if you can put a kid like the one that we've been using a lot at my school right now is um, the International Space Station one. Um, right. That's free. You can download it if you have one. 
I mean, it's a $400 device, so it has some buy-in that way. But once you get in, you have this free experience to be on the International Space Station. And watching, I, I, want, I put 10 kids under at once a couple weeks ago, or last week. And uh, it was incredible. You had these kids wailing their arms around like they were free-floating. And they're yelling out things to each other. Have you been outside yet? Have you mm-hmm. seen this? Have you, looked at, have you touched this? Are you, I'm grabbing this box. and I'm punching it around. I'm shoot, slingshotting my way through it. And at the same time, so they're experiencing what it's like to be in space to some degree, but also they're learning about what those things are going on. So for me, if, if I have a naysayer, buy a device, put your kids under, like let a kid see what it's like and don't give them the option to play a game. Give them the educational thing and see the excitement, see yeah. the learning that happens. Well, the, I mean, I just did just the other day, um, we had a, a family member over. Um, one of my my daughter's cousins was over, and they had not experienced um, virtual reality like you can get on Oculus. And so we put it on her, and she was like, "No way! This is amazing!" You know, and she was completely engaged, and she said, "Now she, of course, wants one." Yeah. But you're you're describing the space station, you know, the experience with the students, but. I think about what they're learning at that point. How do things act and interact in space? Because the physics within the game and being able to manipulate that, not even the game, I shouldn't even say game, within the experience, are, are getting them to think about, well, why do things move like that? Mm-hmm. Right? How is this actually different than actually being in space? What, what would really be the difference? You could get them to start to think about all of those things. It also reminds me, too, there's a school in New York that I was talking to not too long ago um, where they've started to use virtual reality actually teach kids um, or I don't know if teach kids but give kids the experience of what it's like to be bullied Mm. you know so now they've been able to go record some 360 video and actually kind of create their own videos and actually put themselves literally in the shoes of people being bullied you know and so you think about really the implications for that but the students actually created that content they actually created and designed for that well that's one of the things that like I think is so powerful is the creation aspect we'll get to that in a second but Social emotional learning. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the one of the apps that I'm very keen on getting a class to do sometime over the next six months is um, it's called Notes on Blindness. Mm-hmm. It's a free app, um, and what it does is it puts you in a space where you're sitting on a bench, and things light up as you hear the sounds, and but then they disappear. The sound disappears, so you can see things running towards you, like a person running towards you, but the sound disappears, and as the same, as you're doing this, you're seeing or hearing um, a person who's blind describing the sounds and what it's like to be in darkness. Mm. And it's beautiful. And it puts you right into that sphere of what it's like to have that disability to some degree. And to t- have a kid have that experience of any age, that's incredible. That's, that's moving. That, that makes you really reconsider how you present yourself to that like to a person with that disability mm-hmm. um same thing with if you have a student who's struggling with something like uh anxiety or depression and putting them into a space where they can do some simple like tai chi or some meditation that they can just put a headset on and disappear from the world for a few months that could help out as well and so i'm i'm thinking well beyond not just creation but also that social monitoring aspect because I think that that can be a powerful tool for them to do stuff with it. Well, it, yeah, the possibilities are endless. Yeah. Um, but you think about creating that really empathetic environment. I'm gonna have to look at the notes on blindness now. It's I'm great. gonna have to have to give it a shot. 
But one of the other things too, you said about putting a kid in an environment, you know, even if they have some anxiety or whatever. And I think one of the really, almost a relaxing environment, one I like to go to, and I'm trying to remember the name. What's Google's drawing? Tilt brush. Tilt brush, yes. I love to go in just the tilt brush, right? And you have sometimes you switch the whole background to space or you can switch it just to all white. But in a way, it just puts you, whatever's going on in the world, it just, it, it puts you there. And it blocks all of that out. And now you have this completely blank canvas to just paint and create. And you know, in the back of your mind, nobody else can see that. Nobody else sees what you're seeing. You can just kind of draw, create whatever you want. And it's really kind of therapeutic. Um, you know, so it's a really cool escape. But I'm, I was like the type of kid. I love to like just hide under my bed and just in a tight space in darkness and just pretend like nothing else existed yeah so i'm and weird the, but and, and the, well i do the same thing i think a lot of a good chunk of kids do that and this gives them that ability to do that in class mm-hmm. and still be able to create something that could be incredibly meaningful for them but that that's kind of goes back to what we've said a, a lot in the past is getting students outside of the building and so many great things can happen outside there isn't a better way you think about you know virtual reality you can go immerse them in experience never have to go anywhere but you can take them anywhere and so really if you start to if you were to go down that route like okay what a device's cost versus what would it take to actually go give this student this experience way less way less but then you extrapolate that over all of the students that can experience that um over the life of that device um it's like well this kind of does make quite a bit of sense yeah and if i i totally understand where teachers are coming from if they say well that's a little bit outside my ability to get that but mm-hmm. there's so many grants out there getting a $400 grant isn't that really that big of a deal to try out the technology mm-hmm. um, one of the things that I'm really big on is if you're interested in something technologically buy one of them learn it yourself and then start building from there because if you don't really quite understand what it's doing and what the technology is then you really can't move forward with it but I want to go back to what you were saying earlier too about the naysayers yeah Right, and so there are a lot of those out there. When any new technology or even new idea, um, new framework, whatever it is, they're they're probably gonna doubt yes. quite a bit. And so when you were talking about the naysayers, well, the word that kept popping into my mind was intent. Mm-hmm. Right. So anything that you put in the classroom or in education, it can fail miserably if you don't really understand it and you don't have intentions of really creating a learning experience with whatever it is you're doing. If your intention to bring VR into the classroom is to entertain the students, then that's what it's going to do. That's all it's going to do. And it's not going to serve its purpose. But if your intent on bringing something like VR into the classroom is, I want to immerse students in an experience and promote deep discussion around the experience that they're having that will help fuel their writing, or help spark their writing, or they'll be able to write about that experience, then then great. Or, or, they or learn... to experience a spot in, in like social studies mm-hmm. or something like ISS in, for in physics. Physics, right, exactly. So that intent has to be there. Um, and so I think that's where you look at it. And that's where the naysayers come in and say, well, I don't see it. They're not looking at the intent. So I think that when when you have that, that new thing, whether it's VR or whatever it is, 
that you have to be really explicit in saying, this is the intent. This is what it's going to do. This is what it's going to do for students. Yes. But ultimately, especially, I'm a big believer. I love technology. And to me, in most cases, the more technology, the better um, in the classroom. And not just for the sake of technology. It's got to be intentional and purposeful and have really drive effective instruction. But I like the idea of a technology-rich environment because that's the environment students are naturally in. And that's the, the environment they're going to be in. Um, so, well, and let me tell you, like, I, I think going along with that, I think it's really important to have a technology rich classroom or <laughs> school environment, not because it's technology rich, but because it gives students options to make choices about their own educational yeah, experience. That's, you say it so much better than I did. <laughs> that's what I was trying to get at. Well, and well, along with that, let me tell you an illustrative story. So we've only got 10 of the full classroom set this far because Surprise, surprise, the Oculus Quest is a popular Christmas item, and they're sold out in most stores right now, so I can't really get another 20 yet, so I have to wait a couple months to get that other group. But I've been putting a few classes under, and there's been one or two students that have done VR before, or they don't want to do it. And they've done it before, and they're just it made them sick to their stomach or whatever. And so they don't want to do it. And what was really cool is that one group I had in my maker space, in the maker space at the school, and... We have 3D printers, we have AR, we have VR, we have filmmaking stuff, all sorts of things. And this one student was just basically defiant. Like, he just did not want to do it. And it was supposed to be a fun thing, like, go and do it for a reward, mm-hmm. which I'm for as well. And so I, the teacher was getting a little frustrated with the student. And I, I pulled the student aside and I was like, hey, why don't you want to do this? I just don't like it. I don't like VR. I don't, I don't like the idea. And I was like, cool. Have you ever done 3D printing? No. Do you want to? Sure. Can we 3D print something that I would like to have? Yeah. What do you want to make? And so we went over to the computer. He walked me through what he wanted to make. We went, got on Tinkercad and built something really quickly. And then I put on the 3D printer and the next day I gave it to him. Mm-hmm. And it was just as meaningful for him in that situation as it was to go under VR. And so we're giving, we're enabling students in that case by having it in a technology rich environment to show what they would really like to do, even at an incentive level um, with the technology as well. I think that's a very, very valuable thing. No, I think that captures really kind of the idea that I was trying to put out there is a technology-rich environment does help give that choice. Yeah. Um, and you even you look around in the environments that we're in, even as, even as teachers or as educators, you have access to a lot of different technology to get the, to do your role. Right, and you should you have that choice. So, how do we give students really that same choice yeah. to demonstrate their mastery or understanding of whatever it is, whatever concept you want them to grasp? And I, the virtual reality is an exciting one to a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. But I love what you say too: is it's not for every student, right? Yeah. You know, you know, it might be three D printing, but how does that student still demonstrate the the mastery in a three D print? Yeah. Um, and explain or be able to tell the story. Or giving them the option to, you know, I'm, I'm doing films with my students right now. I gave the students options to do stop motion, to do animation, to do green screening, to do straight ahead narrative, to go and grab props, um, to use puppets, whatever they wanted. But the goal is still the same, to create a two to three minute silent film. Mm-hmm. And so the mastery is there if they do the project, but how they get there, the routes are completely different. And mm-hmm. that, that helps students to feel like they have a weight behind what's going on in the classroom. Yeah, they have that responsibility. They take ownership of it, right? Yeah. Um, they made that decision on this is what I'm going to do. 
or this is how I'm going to do it, and they take the ownership. Yeah. And that's the great thing. At the very end, if you bring all of those videos together, what you probably will find, and you, you probably can back this up, is that students will probably spend more time talking about how they made the video and the process they went through than the actual video itself. Yeah. And they'll probably look at what everybody else did and how they made their film and kind of compare and contrast that and say, okay, when we did this, this is what we ran into, this is what happened here. If we would have used what they did, we might have had more success based on what we were doing or we're not, this ended up being better for us. And, and so it's a deeper, richer experience. And on top of beyond technical, they can talk about how they develop their plot lines, their story, mm -hmm. their characterization, those sorts of things. And that's the more valuable part for me as an ELA educator. Um, but just like always, we get far, far away from the virtual reality oh, yeah. and the student choice. And well, we, we have to get oh, away from all kinds of reality. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But hey, if, if you're interested in virtual reality, hit us up on Twitter. We're, um, I got to put a, a, a poke out there too for uh, Micah Shippey. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. He, came and he spoke uh, digitally to my teachers and helped them understand some of the things about AR, VR. So if you're interested in that there's also jamie donnelly on twitter who's incredible at arvr as well so seek those people out or come ask us we have tons of things i'm at teacher winners on twitter and i'm at q henderson and uh this has been awesome yeah we'll see you or talk to you next time sounds good